Hello, my friend. What is up? What is up? How are you? How are you? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I am so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Um, if we've never met before or if this is your brand uh, uh, first time here, I was like, first time here, brand new listener. Uh, it was all coming out at the same time. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm so excited to have you here. So my name is Kat. Uh, I am your matchmaker, dating coach, and hostess with the mostest. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker, where I try to help you become the most empowered dater to provide you tools and help you gain clarity in this crazy uh, world of dating in a digital world, right? And uh, hopefully to help you bring experts to your ears so that we can help you fall back in love with with uh, dating again, right? And today, it's uh, I have a very like unique, special treat for you today. So as you're listening to this, I am traveling and, um, I thought that it would be a perfect opportunity to have, uh, a recording of a podcast that I was on as a guest and bring it to your ears. So these are two gentlemen that interviewed me from the Legion Lifestyle Podcast, uh, Dean and Miles these two gentlemen, they have a podcast which is called The Legion Lifestyle, and uh, their motto is learn to live your best life mentally and physically. It was such it, it was such a unique and different interview, and I talked about different topics that I normally don't talk about, which is one of the greatest things about uh, being a podcast guest is that I bring things here to you that are valuable, that I feel are valuable. But sometimes as a guest, people will ask me different questions. So I talk about different topics. And so I just thought um, I had such an incredible time with Dean and Miles. And I thought, you know what? I asked Dean, I said, hey, can I have a copy of that recording? And he's like, sure. So I am so excited. Um, I'm going to share this little recording, uh, this podcast episode with you. Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome Dean and Miles from the Legion Lifestyle Podcast. This person that you're dating or you're getting to know isn't going to work. There's going to be plenty others and you need to bless and release. Like the moment you see a red flag, be like, thank you so much. I'm so glad I figured this out now. I know my value, my worth is so much better than this. I'm going to let you go and let them go. So it's, and it can be difficult because especially if you have a people pleaser um, qualities in you too, that's kind of hand in hand with an anxious attachment. Um, you're going to want to do everything in your power to please that person. And you think the more that you do for them, the more they're going to love you back. And that's not, um, that's a concoction for disaster. So yeah. I brought you on to help people, but really I'm just over here taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Men and women of the Legion, welcome to Legion Lifestyle. Together we can grow the Legion. Together we can change the world. Together we can unlock our true potential. Now, how do we do that? by sharing the show, by spreading the word about our mission to leave the world better than we found it, by inspiring you to live the Legion lifestyle. That is the way of the Legion. What is up, everybody? Welcome to your number one place for motivation, inspiration, and anything else, fitness, nutrition, general laughter and banter between friends and experts. Today is the sixth and final episode of our Optimize Your Life series, and joining us today, we have a very special guest, Mrs. Kat Contrill. She is the owner and operator of the Heart Agency. Kat is a wonderful human. She is a professional matchmaker, dating coach, anything in that realm, and with 
the sixth episode being all about relationships, we thought it only fitting since I know almost nothing about relationships that I bring on an expert to tell you guys a little bit more. You can find Kat at Kat Cantrell, that's C-A-T-C-A-N-T-R-I-L-L, or you can find her page at The Heart Agency. You can also listen to her really amazing podcast, uh, Dear Matchmaker. I've listened to a few episodes myself, and I certify it that it's got a lot of great information, and you guys should go check her out and give her some love. She also hosts some women's retreats here and there, so if you guys are interested at all in and uh, linking up with her and hiring her to be your dating coach or your relationship coach or, or uh, just your general matchmaker and find the love of your life, reach out to her or, and uh, well, most importantly, let them know that you came from the Legion. If you haven't already, give us a follow too at the Legion Lifestyle on Facebook and Instagram. You can find my personal Instagram at I'm Dean and so can you. And you can follow Miles at the underscore raging underscore porterhouse. Let us know what you guys think about today's episode, and if you like us bringing on experts that know actually what they're talking about, unlike us, we just bullshit half the time, she knows what she's talking about. And if you guys want to hear some more actual really good information, let us know, and we'll try to have Cat back along with any other experts that we can find, or if you guys have anybody that is an expert in their field, and you'd like to have them on the show to hear them discuss whatever they're professional at, let us know. We'll link up with them. We'll get them on the show. We will be having a new uh, new thing coming soon. Uh, hopefully, we'll be up on YouTube here real soon. I'm moving and getting a legit studio set up. Hopefully, we'll be having the cameras, the lights, and we'll look all pretty for you guys. And you can find us up on YouTube and you can see our ugly faces as much as you want. That is enough long-winded introductions for me. Let's get into the episode. The numbers don't lie, but my clients do. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, welcome to Legion Lifestyle. I'm your host, Dean. Joining me today, as per usual, unfortunately, once again, Miles Porter. Yep. And then we have a very special guest who I co-host on uh, our friend Justin's podcast, yeah. uh, Bad Influence. I have Kat Cantrell. Yes. And I will let you give us a little introduction about yourself and, and what you do and why you're here today. Well, I'm... I'm so excited to be here. So thank you both for uh, allowing me an opportunity to come on. I So I'm a matchmaker and a dating coach. I am in this business to help people to stop swiping and having them really connect in real life. And I do that in a variety of different ways of coaching them and helping them understand uh, how they're getting in their own way when it comes to finding true relationships and true connection. Uh, you know, there's different things that hold us back from finding love. There's, you know, I always have this saying in life that there, we, every decision we make is either out of love or out of fear. And so helping people really lean in, lean into love, um, and helping them understand that. Um, so I, yeah, so it's, I'm in the people business. I help people, people again too. So especially this post pandemic, um, they just released, um, May of this year that loneliness is now an epidemic in this country from the Surgeon General. Like hmm. people are dying of loneliness. So I feel like it's just, I'm, it's my mission uh, to help people find connection. And um, I have a podcast, which is called Dear Matchmaker, uh, which I'm very proud of. It's ranked in the top 5% globally. And uh, I create events here locally and 
really just try to reach as many people as I possibly can to help them as much as I can. Yeah, and that's one yeah. of the reasons I brought you on the show because the conversation that you and I had had with Justin on that uh, on the Bad Influence podcast is that's very similar to our mission here, just to inspire people to live their best lives and, yes. and to just help people be better yes. and live their lives the fullest and, you know, in similar but different terms, bring people together and right. build a community of people that can kind of help each other, uplift each other and grow and just, as our, you know, mission statement, become better today than they were yesterday. Yeah. And I, you know, you know um, not to sound so cliche, but part of the work that I do is helping. I mean, in order to find love, you, that has to start with you first Yeah, and yep. loving yourself first. And I know that people roll their eyes at that, but really when you are nurturing yourself and loving yourself and making your light shine as bright as you possibly can, then that's when the true connection and true love is going to find you. It's when you're trying to mask yourself to be something different, or you're trying to fit yourself into someone else's terms or conditions or fit into their box. It's, you know, I, and I think that that's part of my frustration, honestly, as a matchmaker and a dating coach is that I'm not about the games or the tactics. I'm not about catch your guy in 10 different ways, send this text to get their attention. I'm very much organic or it's just as long as you're loving yourself and being true to who you are and understanding really what you need in a relationship, then the rest of it will follow. If you understand your value and your worth there's no text or game or tactic that you can do that is going to change the trajectory of what inevitably is going to happen in that relationship, which is pretty much failure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I know like it seems like nowadays for uh, relationship wise that everyone is hooked on the hookup culture deal. Yeah. And not going to lie, it does drive me nuts. Yeah. Because then like I got I got friends and stuff that are like <clears throat> every weekend it's like five, six, seven, eight different women in the oh, weekend. Wow. Stuff like that. And it's like for me and for me, like not going to lie back long time ago, that was me as well. But I kind of went through that stage. I think and I think that's OK. Yeah. I do believe in that. I think that I think, um, you know, sometimes they call it the host stage. It's yeah. OK to go through your host stage. It's OK to especially if you've had a bad breakup, especially if, you know, you've just been through a divorce. It's OK to have that period of time to being like, this is just what I need right now. Mm -hmm. But again, it should be just a period period of time. Not not like years and years. That's it's right. It's going to become who you are. Well, yeah. That's right. Because yeah. like it seems like too, because a lot of people make it like that's how they are. And right. then years down the road, you think you like you found a great connection to somebody, it seems like it. But then you tend on – sorry, I might swear a little bit. But, no. <laughs> okay, make it sure. Yeah. But then down the line, they fuck it up right. because it's like, oh, hey, this other chick came in. I'm hooking up with her now, right. like shit like that. And they don't, they don't have their line in a straight line to where it's like they love themselves to actually give love back to the mm -hmm. other person. If they're, it's like, I think, cause for me, like give and take relationship wise, like it's literally you give, they take same back and forth. Mm -hmm. and it's just like equals, it's a partnership, not right. just sitting there and then like sucking the other person dry. Yeah. You know, like that's how, that seems like how nowadays is how their people are trying to do it. Well, and I, and I think I said this on Justin's <clears throat> podcast, which it's, it's much easier for a lot of people to have sex with each other than it is to really be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It's much easier for people to be physical. And I told Justin, I think on I, that if she sleeps with you in the first night, it means she's really not that into you. And yeah. he was like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, because a, a woman who values 
herself in that way and really likes him, she's going to want to get to know him first before she allows that part of herself to be a part of his life versus jumping into bed right away and then having to build a relationship from there. Um, you know, I mean, I know that there's probably some cases out there where it does work. I mean, people yes. always come after me and go, well, I knew something. Okay, cool. But if you're really looking out for yourself and really understanding your own value and your own worth, being vulnerable with somebody in a, in like emotionally is much more intimate than actually hopping in bed with them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I push, especially for, you know, the younger men out there, because mm -hmm. it's very stereotypical that men don't show emotion. We, you know, vulnerability is weakness. And I always try to push people, you know, in, in all aspects of your life, whether it be a romantic relationship, friendship with your just your friends or your family, like being vulnerable with people is the only way to actually build true relationships, in my opinion. Yes. And I've even seen it in matchmaking where if, so I, you know, I used to just call myself a matchmaker and dating coach, but now I've really leaned into being more of a relationship coach as well, because it's not just making that match and it's just not going on a couple of dates. It's really nourishing that relationship and getting it to flourish and grow and to kind of give it the nourishment that it needs. And part of the nourishment is allowing yourself to be open and to be vulnerable. And I have this saying where a lot of people just want to play house. On the outside, this is what a relationship, and it's like we get to do all these things, but are you really diving in and really getting vulnerable and opening yourself up to one another? Because if you're not, that relationship stalls. Yeah. It just dies. And I've seen it a lot in my office where I'll set up a couple and they'll date for like two months and then they'll come in. I'll be like, what's going on? They're like, I, we don't know. It's just completely at a standstill because this person won't tell me about this or this person won't tell me about that. And I'm like, yeah, you're not the emotional bond is not there. So yeah. yeah, it's going to die. And the reason why is because you're so afraid of being open and being vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people anymore too, you know, to touch back on the kind of the hookup culture is the attention span of the world anymore is so short. Like yes. you, you got oh, yeah. TikTok and, and all, and like you do, or uh, was it uh, Instagram reels and everything where it's like mm -hmm. these short, fast paced content. And I think people take that into their personal relationships too, as far as like, you know, okay, well, I'm fucking this girl right now. Okay. We've been talking for a week. Well, oh, look at this one. Ooh, look at this one. And they're just back and forth all the time. And nobody really has the attention span to sit down and focus and put their, you know, that intention to move things forward with anybody anymore. And yet they sit here and wonder why they're eternally single. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. And then also like with, uh, I'm going back to like back in the day, like, uh, you like people that did, guys that do that and everything. And then it's like, they build a reputation for themselves and then everyone hears about it. And then that that's even that makes it even harder for you to meet somebody that you actually probably could build a connection with. Because mm -hmm. not gonna lie, for the heart for the longest time, I didn't create a like I didn't create like one for myself, but somebody created one for me, and I was like, okay, I, they they'd actually asked me about it mm. like long time like this oh, was wow. a while a long time ago now, yeah. but I had like I had one of the girls I just was talking to literally asked me about it. And I was, I was straight up I'm like, no, none of that, none of that stuff ever happened because they'd make up stories right. for it. Right. And they'd be like, oh, well, I heard this and this and this. And it's like, okay, where'd you hear it from? Cause I, there's a lot of stories that go around, especially down at like the bar that we, he worked at. And I worked at as well. Mm -hmm. I had a big reputation down there for, mm -hmm. I was a six year, four night a week regular. Wow. So yeah, it was yep. big yep. down there. So now it's like, you barely see me. I'm mm -hmm. ever downer. If I go out, I have like a drink and I go home. Mm -hmm. That's about it. But like, 
now it's like my, that reputation is completely dead. It's gone because it's like one, yeah, because it feels like I operate, like I optimize my life a lot more to where now I have other stuff and I have like my significant other that it's that none of that stuff's actually, none of that stuff is relevant. None of it is. But like, I wanted to actually get your opinion on this too for yeah. social media. Yeah. So like, I've talked about this with my fiance as well. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of couples that they post their whole life on social media. Like yes. every day, it's like pictures of them and their husband or pictures of them and their boyfriend. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we're so happy. But then it's like every 30 minutes you see the photos. It's mm -hmm. like, do you really think that that's actually like a happy relationship or is that like a relationship that's like they're trying to mask is what it's supposed to be? I think, well, yes. I think that mm. – Okay, so here's my philosophy on that. Um, I feel that if you are having to showcase your relationship in a way to where you're getting the public's opinion or the public's, you know, this is just an attention seeker, right? So mm -hmm. a public's, you know, affirmation of this relationship. I do feel that there is a delicate balance with that. I do for myself as a public figure, I'm with my husband. We on occasion will post a photo of the two of us together, but on occasion, because we don't need that affirmation or confirmation from other people that we have a thriving and healthy relationship. In fact, I think for the, I mean, and I'm a very private person though. I, I, it's nobody's business, honestly. Yeah. Um, but as a matchmaker and dating coach, it is kind of people's business. My relationship <laughs> is people's business, but I, I feel that if there is, if there is a pattern that you're seeing with somebody where they're having to post public photos of their relationship, you're usually, there is a correlation that there are some issues there. So it's either that they're not confident within that relationship. So they're needing to, you know, there's like, there's like the saying that if somebody all of a sudden they change their, their profile picture to a wedding photo when they got married like 10 years ago, you're like, Ooh, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Something going on. Like, Why are you all of a sudden you changing your photo to when you got married, you know, 10 years ago. So I think that there is some truth to that. I, was I think, I think there is some truth to that. I think that there are some people that are just very, you know, in a way they just really are op open in that way where they just need this constant validation. Um, you know, and I think that everybody has different levels of privacy and um, on their relationship. But I do think that social media in general, when it comes to relationships, can be a very toxic thing. Too. I was I was kind of figuring that because it's like yeah. I always look at social media kind of as like the relationship killer kind of deal. It can be. It can be. It can be. Just because like I always see couples that they'll sit there and be like, okay, we're going to post this picture. Now we're going to post this picture. And then right. now it's like three weeks down the line that they just like, they just started dating and then three weeks down the line, Oh, change it again to single photo, stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's like when you post so much and then you get everybody's opinion and then you start getting like haters opinions, all that stuff. It's like, can't believe this. Can't believe that. Blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, that fuels everything. They're masking that to the now, now it's done. Well, my opinion of that is they never actually cared about that relationship to begin That's with. They just wanted the, the gratification for having it or, sure. or the, that temporary, you know, high from like, Look at me, I'm happy. You look at yeah. blah blah blah. Like we talked about it before, like even outside relationships in general, like you, people only post their happiest times on on social media or their best moments or their gym and, times. Yeah, or and and they and, and that's what they want to portray. That they want everyone to uh, uh, they want everyone to 
believe that their life is so happy, even though they're probably suffering outside of those photos. Right. So like back to like when I, we were saying like validation yeah. thing that drives me nuts. This is the number one thing that drives me nuts on social media. When somebody posts every single day about the gym, I hate it. Why do you hate it? Because the thing is, is that I don't, if you're posting training videos, okay, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. If you post a selfie every single day, mm-hmm. you're going to see the same thing. It's mm-hmm. everyone's going to see the same thing. You're mm-hmm. not going to see progress because you're seeing the same photo exact same way every single day. That just drives me nuts because it's like, for me, I, I did that one time. So I used to be 410 pounds. Oh my gosh. I was, I was extremely big. Wow. And after six months, I sent my leg through a roof because I work as a carpenter. I sent my leg through a roof on a four pitch roof. And after that, I got a gym membership. And after six months, I dropped 150 pounds. And so now it's like I'm at 285 right now. So I, I posted a picture from back then. It does not look like I'm 410 pounds, but I am. Yeah. And then to now. But then you can see the transition mm-hmm. from that. So like I always tell people it's like post a picture now. Mm-hmm. Then post a picture six months down the road. You will see a difference in yourself. Right. Right. That's just the big thing. That's the only thing when you see like every single day it's like, oh, hey, at the gym, booty day, stuff like that. Trying right. to be the influencers. Yeah. And you see the same thing and nothing changing. Yeah. And that, it just drives me nuts. I don't know why. It's a big thing. I just. Well, and I think it's, you know, there is, when I see somebody who, you know, that, that, that they are needing that continuous external validation, it just screams insecurities, right? So they're just highly insecure about mm-hmm. themselves. And no matter how often you post, it's not going to change anything. It doesn't matter how much outside validation you get about your relationship, about who you are, about your weight, about anything like that. If you're not doing the work from the inside, it doesn't matter how much you're going to post. It doesn't matter what you're going to say about your relationship. Things aren't going to change. Yeah. And I mean, to me, it's almost a cry for help for those people. It's like they're needing that continuous ongoing validation to the, to the extent of needing that, that basically the dopamine every day. And that's what that is. It's a a dopamine high. Right. So that's all about what social media is. That's what online dating is. It's what it all is. It's all based on dopamine. Okay. That's why you're always on it. Because the moment you get that like, the moment you get that swipe, the moment you get you get that kick of dopamine. And we have become so accustomed to, to having continuous dopamine in our life. Instant gratification is very much like that too, where it's a continuous dopamine overload that people are like, oh my gosh, I need my shot of dopamine, even though they're not saying that. But they're like, oh, I'm going to post a picture so I can get that dopamine. So it's it's addictive. It's addictive. And I can see why it drives you crazy though, because there's something about that where, um, you know, it can be, especially for you who's in the fitness industry, knowing your own journey and knowing everything that you've been through and you also helping other people and you being in a position of knowing really what works. And then you're seeing somebody that's doing something completely different mm-hmm. it can be so frustrating yeah just because like i've had some people that actually I've, i had messages on social media and stuff like from like friends of mine well they'll ask me and i'll tell them and then they'll be like you don't know what you're talking about Ugh. like and i get that even like at different gyms i've been to they say the same thing it's like yeah you're big but then i'll tell them something and they'll be like yeah you don't know what you're talking about that doesn't work for me mm. and it's like have you tried it <laughs> right it's like are you sure about that <laughs> right right i'm sure you get something like that <clears throat> through, through the mass making all the mm-hmm. time Oh, yeah. You're probably like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, okay, well, why aren't you happy? <laughs> <laughs> Not so much face to face. 
Um, I don't really get it much in too much in matchmaking. I do get it on social media. I do have people who challenge me on social media. In fact, I just had some guy on TikTok do a stitch. So he took my advice and then just totally blasted me being like, first off, how could you possibly be a dating coach at Cedar Rapids, Iowa? Ha 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 ha. I was like, what people in Cedar Rapids yeah. also need love. Yeah. Um, how okay. That, how is that a diss? <laughs> right. And then he went on to tell me, he goes, yeah, I don't believe you that being a dating coach is your full-time job because your advice is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, it, you always have to consider the source. First off, we, we meaning you, mm -hmm. us, we're using our talents and gifts in a way to hopefully help the human race, yes. right? Yeah. And so we, by being here, we're being vulnerable. We're putting ourselves out there and people are very threatened by that. And the only way that they can seem that they're more powerful is by challenging you or by, you know, threatening you or by, you know, and I always have this, you know, even, I mean, I get all kinds of advice on, on my TikToks and on my, you know, I will, um, I'll never forget. I did this video. I did this reel on, so I love doing these skits just because dating is a great topic to make fun of, obviously. Um, <laughs> so I love life. It is definitely something to laugh about. <laughs> My point exactly. Uh, so I will make these reels making fun of dating. And I um, made a made a stance where it's like, if a man invites you in on, on the first date, don't go inside. Like, don't do it. Like the moment, because again, the moment sex gets introduced to the relationship, the oxytocin gets released, you have this false sense of intimacy, and that's done. And then without like finding out, are the two of you compatible? Just wait, just wait hold off on the sex. Like if you're looking for a long-term relationship, just give yourself a little bit. It's always, it'll be there. I promise you. <laughs> Once you like figure, you know, are we compatible? You know, is there enough here to, to build a foundation on? You would not believe the comments of people telling me, nope, this doesn't work. I need to know whether or not we're sexually compatible. I need to know whether or not he's in or she's into my kinks. Well, it's blah, like, do, blah, you, blah. do you want to, do you want to date the person or do you want to date the sex with them? Like, right. Yeah. And Here's the thing about sex, not to make this that this is the end of the topic, but my stance on that is that the more emotionally and like connected you are to somebody, the more you're going to be able to express what you want in the bedroom. Hello. Like if you are with a complete stranger, you can't like the sex can this, even if the sex is okay, it can get great over a period of time. If that emotional connection's there, because you can be like, Hey, I want to try something new. Hey, have you ever thought about maybe doing this? Hey, you know, and so yeah. that can grow over time. If you have great sex right off the bat and there's no emotional connection, that's going to die. It's going like to your point, mm -hmm. it's going to fizzle out. It's going to die. And then you're going to be like, Oh, the next thing, the next thing, yep. the next girl, the next guy. Well, cause it's one thing to just have sex with some random person, but it's another thing to have sex with somebody you actually care about. Yes. Like, yeah. It's like when you genuinely, genuinely want to please somebody, then it makes that experience so much better. Yes. Sorry, mom. But you know, sorry, mom. <laughs> yep. We're adulting. She we are. We are completely. <laughs> she misses it too. But no, it's, it's like okay. when you yeah. when you can actually build a connection with somebody, it just yeah. it just makes that experience so much more enjoyable for both of you. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, and I, to my point is of that real is that you know people are, are experts, but then in you know in the back of my mind, I'm like, and yet you're still single. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you could take the advice, right? It's like you can either take it and see where it gets you, or just sit there and blast it, and then you wonder right. why it's not nothing's working for you. Right. I mean, 
Well, it's right. like I've, uh, I, I like to call that same. Like, I call it crab bucket mentality because I don't know if you ever seen a, a video of a bucket full of crabs. If one starts crawling its way out, the other will pull it straight back down. And, yeah, and that's the same way with what we're kind of doing, like here. Like, yeah. we're, we're elevating ourselves, trying to you know exactly. show people a better way out. And there's always going to be those fucktards out there that are going to try to drag us down and and bring us back down to their level to make them feel better about themselves and right. why they're not happy. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, being a matchmaker too, there is a stigma that's around that. And so there's some, you know, some battles that I've had to fight with that and pe- having people really understand what it is that I do and the importance of what I do. And, uh, you know, there's, especially in our community here, people are like, what, like that's needed. Like that's what online dating is for. And I'm like, okay. And then I have to like, but I'm like, it's okay. Each person, and I explain to them my methods and I explain to them how I work. They go, oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I'm like, it's not, yes. Could you online date? Absolutely. But only 10% of long-term relationships or marriages happen from online. Like that's online dating wants you to think that there's so much more. But yeah. there really isn't. Not now. I mean, maybe 10 years ago there was E-harmony. because it was very different. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> I, I I dated a long time before I met my husband. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, online dating has changed so much again about the dopamine and whatnot that, you know, you know, when people tried to ask me the importance of matchmaking, it's, you know, it's making a huge comeback because of that because people are so disconnected more than they ever have been because of technology. They just did a study, Pew Research did a study where 42% of people are claiming that they cannot form relationships in real life now because of technology. Yeah. And especially young men. Sorry, mom. Um, So you have porn at your fingertips. You have online dating Mm -hmm. at your fingertips. There's all of these things that you can now just discover digitally that before... 30 years ago, you couldn't get, you yeah. had to like go out and like put yourself out there and like ask the girl out yep. in person. You couldn't just, you know, swipe and slide into her DMS. You had to actually make yourself vulnerable. But since, I mean, since we're not, we have technology now, more and more men are so scared to do that. They've just completely almost given up in a way where they're like, well, I have all this at my fingertips. So why do I need to, put myself out there. See, and, and like too, come what you're saying off that is that like for, it seems like not, okay. I don't know how this is going to go on this, but good luck, buddy. Yeah. Good luck. But like, and, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to sound smart here, but uh, nowadays oh, no. though, sometimes like I know for men mm-hmm. and everything that, cause when they try to form a connection and stuff, but sometimes like how you say that people put on a facade. Yes, they do. And so like nowadays, so many women, are so big into the money aspect and stuff mm. is what it seems like. Mm. I've had a couple buddies go through this. Mm. So it was like, I'm curious. They, so what they did was, so what would happen is they like try to form a relationship with them. And they'd be like, put on the side and say, Oh yeah, everything's going great. Well, then next thing you know, they get married and then about a year down the road, divorce. Mm. And then they literally get half their shit taken mm. and all that. And then she'd be so well off. And then he's like, he's struggling to make ends meet. Whoa. Like, I, I've seen a lot of my buddies go through that and wow. it's ridiculous is what it seems like now. Cause it just like, cause like I, I fully believe in love and everything mm-hmm. because I, I found my fiance and I can't, and I wasn't on online actually. So it was in real life. Yeah. I, I, I so, love it. I, so, I love okay. It. I, I work down at 
the bars and stuff. Uh-huh. I worked at the same bar as him for six months and then that stopped. Well, then I went down, I was at Bricks Bar and Grill downtown for four years. Okay. <clears throat> and now it's been two years now. I was down there and I met my fiance down there and that was the first, okay, literally, okay, I'm going to tell you the story on this now. Okay. So what happened here buckle was, up. Yeah, buckle <laughs> up. so, so, okay. So that night I'm I, ready. I was bouncing and then, so it was her, it was, so my fiance now, her, one of her best friends mm-hmm. and then a couple other friends. Mm-hmm. I was getting stared at by pretty much all four of them uh-huh. because I was standing over their table. I was wearing a cutoff because I was pretty big, I think. But so then I, so then after that, her one friend started talking to me and I kept staring at Kate. Her name's Katie started mm-hmm. staring at her and I, I was kept staring at her the entire night, mm-hmm. but her other friend kept talking to me and talking to me and talking to me and talking to me. Mm-hmm. And so like, she's like, I want you to live, live, uh, live this for me. Like go, Go hit on him. Do everything. Go. Well, then the thing is that I tried getting her number that night. Well, like she didn't give it to me. Mm-hmm. So I had her, I actually had her on Facebook, started messing on Facebook that night. Uh-huh. Then the next day she deleted me off Facebook. <clears throat> and then two weeks later, I was actually, so I'm, I was fr- I'm friends with her best friend too. And I was messaging her because she was like, oh yeah, we're going downtown. You know, we're Ubering downtown. I go, you guys need a ride home. And then she goes, well, I'm going to be out with Katie. And I'm like, I'll give you guys a ride home. Like I will. And then she's like, you don't have to, we'll get new breaker. No, no, no. I will take you. I will give you guys a ride home. So I ended up giving them a ride home. Well, I would, I was trying to talk. I was going to try to talk to her, but then she kept talking to me, mm-hmm. kept talking my ear off. And then, so that right when we stopped, she got out of the truck and literally just went and said, thank you. Just left. And I'm like, God damn it. I looked at her and I go, Tiffany, I want her number. I need to get her number. I want to talk to her. And she's like, Oh, okay. And I was like, yes, I've been trying. I was going to try that. And she's like, Oh God. So ended up like she got her number for me and I started texting her. Well, then it was like off and on like talking a little bit that weekend. And then Uh Monday we were just texting and I go, fuck it. I called her and I go, what are you doing right now? And she's like, nothing. I go, I want to have a beer. So Monday, that Monday I ended up, we went down, did all that, like had a beer, just talked till like 11 o'clock at night on a Monday down at the bar. Mm -hmm. And never had this happen but then when we were leaving i walked her to a car like like yes. a gentleman you know and yeah. next thing you know she kissed me i was gonna go for it and she just kissed me and i'm like okay i go what are you doing tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and and she's and like and for the rest of your life curious yeah, yeah like <laughs> so then we just kind of just kept going oh that. So i love that then uh may actually uh may 16th may 16th i think it was may 16th i think i gotta remember again i think me. Sorry. Okay. I got, I have a lot of dates in my head. Um, I proposed mm-hmm. of this year. Congratulations. So. Makes you. me so happy. So, and yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Like, oh, so it still is. Yeah. So oh, I, I wear, oh yeah, I wear a ring all the time. Oh. Silicone. Yeah. So I can't tell you the last time I took it off. Mm. So even before I proposed to her, I still wore it. You were like, I'm in. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I had the feeling with her that I was the last one that's gonna, that was it. Mm. So well, that's the nice thing about like those in-person connections like that though. Yes. It's like you, you, you're not going to find that online no or, or that kind of experience. Cause online it's like shopping through a catalog, you know, what looks fu- fun and shiny. Well, then yeah. you got the guys that are like, I need to test drive the car before taking it off the lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which well, is a crock. it is. And, um, I want to go back to the, the point you were, you're oh, well, yeah, about your buddies. Making. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So in those kinds of circumstances, do I think that there's women out there? Do I think that there's people that are bad people or that are out there trying to mm -hmm. use people? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. they're hurt, right? And so they have a vendetta or they have something, again, the majority of the time, these people are just extremely hurt and they refuse to look at the hurt or refuse to do the work that they need to in order to be more healthy and have a healthy relationship with themselves. And so in cases where women are like, cause this is a stigma, mm -hmm. right? It is where women are dating men for money. Mm -hmm. Like I hear, I hear this. In fact, sometimes I won't get into it. To, I won't get into it, but in matchmaking, you know, there are older men who are very well off. Yeah. I mean, who hire matchmakers. They're like 65, 70 that are looking to, you know, looking for 30 to 40 year olds. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and in those cases, she will most likely date him for his money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's obvious because it's not natural for a woman to want to date a man who's 30 years older. It's just not natural. Um, and you can come back on me on that. That's fine. You can fight me on that all you want, but I'm sorry. Well, the stance um, of the Legion is that it's fucking disgusting. But. Well, and it's, you know, you can't, I you know I've, yeah, I don't want to get off on yeah. that tangent. Anyway, I can, <laughs> I can, I can get off on, I can just go off on that. But, um, I think in those cases, mm -hmm. if I was your friend's dating attorney, most likely there were some red flags before they got married okay. and they refuse to acknowledge them and refuse to like, you know, um, again, when we're in a relationship, we're being vulnerable, there's this fear of constant, you know, constantly being hurt or the fear of, I don't want to get into attachment styles, but you know, everyone has their own attachment style. And, um, especially if you're more anxious, meaning you are, if you're a more anxious attachment, you, Oh, Hey, it's me. Yeah. Oh, are you anxious attachment? <laughs> yes. Really? It sucks. I know. I, I used to be one. I, I can, I, yeah, it's not, okay. I'm just it's gonna, not fun. I'm going to ask this question here. Anxious attachment. Is that yeah. like being super clingy? That is a perception. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's when people answer. say, that's when people say that, yeah, that you're too clingy, too needy, um, that you require too much of their attention, that kind of okay. thing. Cause that's how it comes off. But like <clears throat> realistically coming from someone who is it like for me, like it comes off as very kind of like needy or clingy, but in, in reality, it's like, I just, I have all these scenarios in my head and I just want like communication is all that's right. At the end of the day, it's like, I just, just tell me what the fuck's going on. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Um, and usually those that label people as clingy to needy, those are avoidance. Yep. So the anxious attachment is very attracted to the avoidant and vice versa. And it's a concoction of a disaster, honestly. Um, and I can, we could, I could do a whole segment about attachment theory. Um, I'm actually speaking at the university of Iowa about it. Um, about how it affects people in the workplace oh. because you can have a certain attachment style within the workplace and how it can really kind of affect uh, your performance and how you relate to others and that kind of thing. Um, but cause we can have different attachments with different people. But to my point is that if some of your buddies are an anxious attachment, they're going to overlook these red flags because they're like, I'm in a relationship. I'm in a solid relationship. You know, it because those that are anxious attachment, it's really easy for them to be vulnerable and to be intimate with somebody, but they're in continuous ongoing fear on whether or not that person can love them back. And so they're constantly doing these bits of affection, right? So, and the fear of losing that person because 
in their heads, you know, in order to be loved, they must be loved by somebody else. And so it just kind of is this vicious cycle. And so most likely there probably were red flags and they just went, no big deal. I, I can see that. Because if you're married, if you're newly married and you're getting a divorce after a year, clearly there were some underlining issues that were there that sometimes, I mean, it does happen, but when you get married, some things do bubble to the surface um, and probably were never acknowledged. And so I, my heart goes out to those guys because that's, that's really, sorry, mom, that's really shitty for people to be like that. But, you know, it's just like the other way around. I mean, you know, there's horrible men out there oh, that yeah. do horrible things. And so it's like, again, it's you having the self-worth, self-awareness, understanding your value and paying attention to those red flags and being confident enough in yourself. Like, especially the coaching that I do for my anxious attachment is that having a mindset of abundance of understanding that just because this person is this person that you're dating or you're getting to know, isn't going to work. There's going to be plenty others and you need to bless and release. Like the moment you see a red flag, be like, thank you so much. I'm so glad I figured this out now. I know my value. My worth is so much better than this. I'm going to let you go and let them go. So it's, and it can be difficult because especially if you have a people pleaser, um, qualities in you too, that's kind of hand in hand with an anxious attachment. Um, you're going to want to do everything in your power to please that person. And you think the more that you do for them, the more they're going to love you back. And that's not, um, that's a concoction for disaster. So yeah. I brought you on to help people, but really I'm just over here taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is me to a T. I hate this. (laughs) It's so hard. And I, um, you know, I was an anxious attachment before any of this, like work really came out where it became more mainstream. And now pretty much every dating coach and matchmaker will talk about, um, attachment theory, but, um, you know, it's when you, I mean, it's much easier for, to give you some hope. If you're an anxious attachment, it's much easier for you to move into a secure space than it is for someone who's avoidant. Somebody who's avoidant, who really can't struggle to let somebody in the only way that they can become more secure in their dating life is through therapy usually. But those that are anxious are, they can move into a much more secure space as long as they have that secure person that you can talk to communicate with. Like I know for me, when I first met my, when I first met my husband, I was very anxious attachment. I couldn't figure, I mean, they didn't have names for it back then, but I remember we would have like this schedule and he would, you know, this was in the early stages of dating and, um, we would talk at eight o'clock at night. And so I called him at eight o'clock and he didn't answer. Now, if you're an anxious attachment, you're going to go through every worst case scenario on why they're not answering your phone. Oh my gosh, they're dumping me. That's it. We're done. It's over. Um, I did something or they discovered something about me and that they don't like anymore, or they're just avoiding my phone call. Like this is how an anxious brain works. It goes through all of these worst case scenarios. And I finally got a hold of him at nine o'clock and he was like, I just fell asleep. <laughs> that was it. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I, but I had to communicate that with him. I'm like, look, when this happens, like these are the, like, this is what I'm going through. Like these are my feelings and I, I can't explain it, but like, I feel like the world's going to end. Like I, you know, and he told me, he goes, I promise you, if there is ever an issue between you and I, I will tell you. But how, how much do you actually believe that? Cause I, like, you have to believe it. Cause like for me in my situation, like whenever I get that same area, I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't believe you, but sure. Okay. You have to believe it. Yeah. You have to give people the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. Yeah, because like I know, like Katie and I, it's like we'll we'll tell each other if we have a problem. Yeah, like we'll talk about it. Like even if it's like a small, like I've had small little like 
just bouts a little bit. Yeah. And we'll sit there, we'll talk about it. Then, yeah. then after that, we're all, it's all good. Yeah. Like it's just, it, it's even the little things that can even add up too. Yes. Like, so it's like talking about every little thing and just everything under the sun. It does help out. Like, a and lot. I think too, it's okay to continuously ask them. Um, you know, if you're getting to, if you're getting to know her and in this kind of scenario, let's just say, and, and she, um, you know, you're feeling a little bit anxious because you haven't talked to her. It's okay to reach out to her and being like, Hey, these are my feelings that I'm feeling. And, you know, um, I'm, you know, I would love to talk to you more, like in order to kind of help me know that we're moving in this direction, I would love to talk to you more, whatever that looks like to you. If it's a 10 minute phone call at night, if it's a couple of texts during the day, and a secure person, and if she's really into you, she's going to do it. Yeah. She's going – sorry, I'm just making sure. No, you're good. I'm on call right now, so I have a date that's <laughs> happening in like 10 minutes. So I'm just like making sure that they're okay. Um, and if she's into you, she's going to listen and she's going to say, okay, yes, tell me. I'm happy to do – I'm happy to do these things. It's when people say – when you say your need – like, these are my needs. I need these. I need, you, you know, every time that you reach out to somebody, they call it a bit of connection. And a bit of connection is, you know, I need this from you in order for me to feel this way. And if somebody isn't going to honor your bit of connection, now, now, can you text every 20 minutes? That's unrealistic. But you saying, I would love for us to kind of talk a little bit in the morning, and I would love for us to be on a phone call at night just for 10 minutes. And if she's like, yeah, I'm not a phone talker. Yeah, I'm not a texter. Then she's not your person. Yeah. Um, and again, this is every time we express our needs. Yes, it's vulnerable. Yes, it's uncomfortable because the fear of pushing them away is real and is there. That's just fear of rejection. It's a fear of rejection. Yeah. But it's not a rejection of who you are. It's a rejection that she can't fulfill your needs and you don't want to be with somebody who can't fulfill your needs. Exactly. And so it's not against you. It's just that in that, in those kind of, in those kinds of circumstances, if somebody can't fulfill your needs, you just need to be at peace with that being like, okay, then it's not my person. And as long as, you know, everybody's needs are valid, there are some, Sometimes the things are unrealistic, but you can figure out what that compromise is, right? So if you're an anxious attachment and you're like, okay, I must text you 20 times a day. And then your partner's like, that's a little much for me. How about we do this instead, right? So there's the compromise yeah. versus being like, oh, that's ridiculous. I could never do that. That you're like, oh, okay. So this is why people that are anxious have feel, you know, that they're clingy or too needy. It's because you haven't been able to have that person to give you that safe place to where you can be able to express your needs and them going, okay, well, maybe I can't do that, but let's compromise so that you feel safe in this relationship. I'm going to do what I can for you to make sure that you feel safe and you're going to do what you can to make yourself, make your, make sure that I feel safe. Right. So it's, it's both sides. Like to your point, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. Um, and when we are in a relationship where even in the beginning, a person's not able to fulfill our needs, why in the fuck would we want to be in that relationship? Sorry, I can swear on the show. Yes, I don't ever yeah, swear don't, on my, we don't I don't swear on my yeah. show very often. Um, but I get super, I get super mad about that because I, you know, I'm a recovering anxious attachment and still, I still have like little, sometimes it bubbles to the surface because of my previous relationship. I was married to a very abusive man for a very long time. And 
you know, there are some things that I still get triggered. I still, that still pop up. And I, I have to go to my husband and going, I know that this is like the third time I've said this to you today, but is everything okay. I don't, or I'll say, are we okay? And he'll be like, yes, just giving me that reassurance. And mm -hmm. he's like, yes, we're okay. It's all good. And I'll be like, okay. Yeah. And it's you, I want that for you. I want to find, you know, for you to find a woman who is that emotionally mature, which that's what that is, understanding self-awareness and um, understanding yourself, but also being emotionally mature enough that they can hold space for you so that you can express that. And for her to go, okay, sure, if, that, if that's your need, let's do it. What can I do to help you feel better so that, you know, you're, you put your mind at ease? That's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. She's out there. Somewheres. I need, I need to give you a notepad, Dean. <laughs> yeah, I, I need like, a I book. I got you a notepad. I need a book for this one. But yeah. one thing I wanted to touch on that, and this is something that I had said uh, many times, and so this is, I took, oh shit, what was it, like two, three years off dating completely uh, to pretty much work myself. And we probably talked about this on that other podcast that we mm -hmm. did. Um, but it's, it's very important to love yourself before you can love anyone else. Mm -hmm. And that's why I took time off to really work mm -hmm. on myself and, and figure out where I am and to, as the series is, optimize my life, which is why I now have the show and I'm trying to help people and inspire them to do it too. So what are some tips that you have for all, all our listeners out there to like learn to love who they are? Mm. Whew. Okay. Sorry. Broad, broad. Yeah, broad no. Um, <laughs> so I think the first thing I have to commend you on that, where when we see a pattern in our lives with poor results, right? Whether it's finding a job, whether it's dating, whether it's even relationships with our family, if we're seeing a pattern within ourselves, we have to take a step back and go, okay, what, first off, what's going on? And having that awareness of being like, okay, there's a pattern that's happening here. I need to, set, to take a step back and, and do some reflection, which I have to commend you on that because that's really difficult to do, especially, you know, in a position of where we're in this instant gratification society where mm -hmm. it's like, I need that constant external validation it's hard because you're not, you're just working on yourself and you're like, who's validating myself? And in fact, I, we have this thing in my house where it's a self high five because sometimes there's nobody around to do a high five. So if we're doing something for ourselves, I go, okay, high five, <laughs> self high five. And I feel like, and it's super corny. I actually, no, no I'm I actually like it, so though. glad because I'm not going to lie. I do that. You do a self high five? I actually do that. <laughs> you should start the self high five club. I like it. Oh my gosh. It's starting. Yeah. Self high five. Um, because there isn't anybody around to give us that validation. And I think it's important. Yeah. You got to hang it up there for a little oh, bit. Oh, hold on. Yeah. There you go. I like it. There you go. <laughs> um, and so that in itself is this, is the pro is the first key to all of it, right? Stepping back and going, okay, what is going on and reassessing. Um, the second is if you are seeing a pattern, you know, seeking out a professional, because sometimes if you do need to work on yourself, you do need that accountability and you do need that external, like someone else, a third party. And I'm not talking about your mom. Sorry, mom. Not talking about mom or you're Although talking about your siblings. Her. Oh yeah. yeah. And my son used my, I mean, my son's 25 and we talk every week and, um, you know, I'm always giving, you know, he leans on me and I give him advice. Um, but I think. Even so, I mean, I love my son, but I have my own filter on him too. Like it's hard for me to be objective for him, yeah. right? Versus somebody who's completely on the outside. Because that's your son. 
That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. That's a, with my mom too. Like she yeah. gets, I tell her some things, she gets so defensive. I'm like, I know you're going to stab a bitch, but like, stop. Yeah, <laughs> It's true though. It's true. Because like, because I'll, I'll be honest on some like some of my buddies and stuff that like get into relationships and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I do tell them stuff. Yeah. After a while, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, are you sure about that? Like I'm seeing this. Right. Because like, there was there was a one time that a buddy of mine was dating this girl and she started hitting on me. <gasps> oh, and I'm sitting no. there and I'm I looked at her and my mm-hmm. first words were fuck no, and she's like what? And I go no. Don't right. even fucking do that right now. Yeah. I go, your boyfriend's over there. I go, oh my gosh. And like, I've, I've, did had, you tell him? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Did he believe me? No. Oh. But then the thing is, is that, see red flag. But then the thing is about a month later, done. Okay. So he, well, that's good. Yeah. Cause he, he, cause it got like too needy way too like when you say it, the uh, i forget what you just anxious said attachment. anxious attachment mm-hmm. so it was it, she was kind of in that there mm-hmm. but when you're staying like at your mom's house and like she gets mad that you can't sleep in the same bed and he's like i just need time to be in my own bed time alone give me a little bit mm-hmm. and then she got mad and starts crying and all that mm-hmm. and gets pissed at his mom because that's her it's her house her rules like that's just how they did it and so he's like, I respect my mom. I'm not going to do that. You can last in, in here for fucking an hour. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she freaked the fuck out. No. Mm. So he's like, I'm done. Yeah. And like, was she a super nice person? Yes, she was a super nice person. Sure. But the thing is, is like, up there, not all there. Well, if you're hitting like, on other men and you're yeah. in, a, in a... I that, like call that being a super nice like, person. Yeah. No. That's right. No, I... Yeah. Right. That's one thing that we talked about a lot is a... Uh, uh, vulnerability and right. to go back to the whole loving yourself thing is like yeah. that's I had to learn to be vulnerable with other people but I had to be learn to be vulnerable with myself 100% and yep. and that's in my opinion the, the first step that kind of got me on the journey I did be like I had to acknowledge my shit and be like okay right. this is where these are the things you know like you said you got to find out where why the things are continually not working and be like okay well it's you know these five things here why how right. do I do how do I move forward right And I think part of that too, especially when it comes to if you are looking for a relationship and you've had previous relationships, it's also owning what you did in those previous relationships, right? So it's not, it's much easier. And this is why I get, I kind of get upset about all of this narcissist. He's a narcissist and data, you know, this, and there are, I mean, my ex-husband, classic narcissist. He walked out of my children's lives. Like it's, so I've been, I know what that is, but I think I feel people are so quick to, to like label other people. It drives me so crazy where they don't have all the data and it's much easier to point at other people and go, this relationship did not work because you did this and this and this and this. Now, um, if somebody cheats on you or like in those kinds of scenarios and yeah, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but it probably led up to a certain point where you, there were probably some red flags there that led before that person ended up stepping out. Um, and sometimes not, sometimes people are completely blindsided. But my point is, is that if you're doing this inner work, if you're learning to love yourself, part of that is going, taking ownership of your, what happened in your previous relationships going, okay, why didn't those work? Yeah. You got to start what happened? finger yourself a little bit. And it's not, even if you weren't at fault, why were you attracted to that person to begin with? Like talk to yourself about that. Like, 
okay, what was it about them that was so appealing that I, you know, allowed this person into my life? Or why did I not acknowledge those red flags when they popped up? So even if you weren't necessarily at fault of the demise of that relationship, there was some, there's still some accountability that you need to take on for why you were attracted to that person and why did you stay in that relationship for so long or whatever, right? So I think that that's part of the process too. Um, and also when we are on this journey of being vulnerable, it's also not only being vulnerable within ourselves, but just being vulnerable in our lives in general where we're like, okay, what can I do in my life? Not only that I'm going to work on myself, that I'm going to consistently, but also push myself so that I consistently learn about myself and grow within myself. And that's by getting uncomfortable. That's by all of a sudden going, okay, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm a 400 pound guy and I'm going to yeah. go to the gym. Like that's, you made yourself uncomfortable by doing that. Cause I'm sure that you had all kinds of headspace that you were like, Oh yeah. Oh God, I can't go to a gym and people are going to judge me and all this other stuff. So it's also, I think another step in that is pushing yourself of not only taking accountability of your previous actions and taking accountability for who you are and maybe seeking out a professional and talk to them about your stuff, but also what can you do in your own life that's going to create passions, that's going to bring romance to your own life? Like I'm all about that. Like if you're not romancing your life, just even by like, what does your morning look like? Like how can you like make it romantic to yourself where it's like, do you get up and do you like, go for your Starbucks and let the sun hit your face a little bit. Like having these moments of romance that you're creating for yourself can level yourself up to a degree to where you're like, this is what I'm deserving of. Like this is possibly what love feels like. And one of the very first things that I do with my clients is have them write down what does love feel like? Hmm. So many people don't know what that feels like. And so it's like, okay, if we're looking for love, how would you even know? How would you even know what that feels like? Yeah. Um, and so just, again, it's just self-awareness and having more of an understanding. And, you know, that's, you know, understanding what love feels like to you because it feels different to different people. Um, but to me, there's some, you know, there's some things that are sim similar, sim, 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 oh my God, <laughs> similar. Um, you know, one of the things that I always ask, um, you know, after every day they get a survey and in that survey, it's like, it asks them, did you feel respected? Now these are all things you should have for yourself. Do I feel respected? Do I feel heard? Do I feel seen like within yourself? Um, what side of, what side of me did this person bring out? Because that's a true testimony of like, are you really yourself? Like, or are you masking? Are you trying to make yourself somebody that you're not? Or are, did it bring out the more reserved, shy part of you? Or did it bring you out the real fun, flirty side of you, right? So these are all questions to ask yourself. You know, did you laugh? Laughter's great. But are you creating laughter for yourself, right? Like, do you, are you giving yourself grace? Are you being able to like, yeah, okay, yeah, I messed up here, but that's kind of funny. Let's talk about it, you know? I mean, there are so many, like, we're so quick to like point fingers and to judge, but when it comes to self-awareness and awareness of others, we also have to give ourselves grace and just take it one step at a time. And, um, you know, as you know, the journey of loving yourself is not something that you just create overnight and you know, too, it's some, it's a con continuous work in progress, whether you're in a relationship or, or not in a relationship, even when you're in a relationship, so many people grow apart because the person stops 
loving themselves. And yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah, a lot. Just come out myself a little bit. Like that's something that I find myself doing with a lot of relations too, is I, I, I stop pouring into myself like I usually do to Yeah, put well that's that anxious extra, attachment. Yeah, yeah. That's anxious and attachment. And I put that extra bit into somebody else and that's why that's then right. after a month or two I'm like, fuck, like I haven't been you know, I've been letting myself go on my other things, so I'm like, okay, I gotta pull back a little bit and yeah. refocus and, yeah. then, and get my shit together. Because, you know, we want that in another partner, right? We want we want our partner to continuously grow and be better and learn things about themselves and then we can come together and we can share these experiences together in partnership. partnership share these experiences together and if you are start a relationship and you just dive everything into that relationship and you completely forget your own passions and eventually that person's going to be like wait where did this person go that i fell in love with yeah all of a sudden now it's just like this person has completely changed but we owe it to ourselves because when we are continuously loving our our own journeys and our own hobbies and interests and passions, and we bring that value into the relationship, the, it helps the love balance, right? So it's like we're not depending on that person to entertain us, provide us with value. Like we're not putting all of our eggs in that basket where we're like, it's your job now to make me happy. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants that. No, it's no. their job to add to the happiness. That's right. Yep. So you have, and you're creating this and the right person's like, Oh, that do more of that. Like that. I love it when you're like that. I want to see more of that. Do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of, that kind of brought me onto this here that, uh, so I remember, so like for a year, I took a year off the gym mm. for where I was at. Mm -hmm. I started gaining weight back a little mm. bit. Yeah. And then I, but I kept going to my old gym a little bit, just, doing little shit here and there. And it was funny because down the line, Katie looked at me and was like, you don't look like you're happy. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you haven't been to the gym, like your actual gym. She goes, it's a good woman right you there. You need to go back. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and she goes, no, like you need to. So I ended up going back to my old gym, my, 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 my home gym. I'll put it that way. And after that, then it, she's like, and after about a week, week and a half, I actually started losing weight again. Did you? Yeah. And th Cause it just kind of clicked. Everything yeah. clicked back. And then she's like, now you're looking more like yourself now. Yes. Like from when I first met you. Yes. And so now it's like, that's constantly, cause it was funny too. Cause like I went to a contest, I took her to a strongman contest that I was oh. not competing in. So we were watching because I had friends that were that were competing. So I was like, I want to go watch this. She's like, all right. So it was her first one. It's funny because there was like four athletes that didn't know what they were doing. So I coached them a little bit out there. And she's sitting there and she said she when she were when I was done, she goes, not gonna lie. It's kind of hot watching you coach. <laughs> and I'm like, my point. Exactly. So it's like, See? yeah. And I'm just like, I, as soon as you said that, I'm like, yeah, yeah. that I get that. And Two, I have to commend you on that because if you are an insecure person and your finance, your, you know, your fine, um, oh my gosh, fiance came to you and said, Hey, I noticed that you're unhappy. You should go back to mm -hmm. the gym. And if you were insecure, you would be like, well, what do you mean? What do you say? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would have challenged her, but you're secure within yourself to acknowledge that and go, shit, she's right. Yeah, because I she's absolutely right. Yep, I was off yeah. my, off my program because I've had I've had a program for seven and a half years, mm. and I got off that, and it was just like I don't know what to do with my life. Don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Feel like I'm gaining weight, not feeling good yeah. about myself, and then started training again and everything. And I I literally messaged my coach 
And uh, I go, dude, hit me with a program. Here you go. Then mode him. And he's like, there we go. Let's yeah. go. And he started, then we, we've been doing it ever since. And oh, that's fantastic. In. And so, yeah, because my coach is actually my best friend. He's, oh, that's, he's awesome. Oh, that's great. He's very well known around Cedar Rapids. So, who is he? Ken McClellan. I don't know. Oh, dang. I thought, I he, so you ever heard of the Anvil Gym? Yeah. So he was the original owner. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Big, I know exactly who you're talking big about. Gym. Yep. 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 Got it. So yes. I knew if I said that, yeah. then yeah. yeah. So he, yeah. that guy's my best friend. He, oh. he's helped me out. He's molded me to where I am today for fitness and stuff and oh. got me in my healthier thing. So yeah. I got, I got quite a few influences that's gotten me to today. So. It's been, my dad is a big one too. Mm. So my dad's actually my biggest. So, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it's like you were saying though, I, I was the same way. Uh, Cause I recently had quit the bar that I'm working at because it was just, I had too much things going on. I'm selling this condo, buying yeah. a house. Yeah. So the moving thing, uh, and then the, the constant sleep schedule switch. So I was off my program there for a while too. Mm. And like, it's just, it hits you like if you're not doing things and taking care of yourself and doing the things that you normally do for yourself, yeah. then it just really throws you off because I had stopped my weight loss and I had started not regressing, but like it, everything just stalled. My workouts weren't as intense. My diet was eh, whatever. Yeah. My sleep was off. But now that I'm kind of really diving back into myself, I've been finding myself to be a lot happier, which makes it a whole lot easier to, you know, build these relationships with other people. Yes. Yeah. And I... Uh, you know, I think too, it's okay to also give yourself grace in those moments. It's okay for you to like walk away. And, and I know for myself, like, um, I used to lift three times a week. Mm -hmm. I haven't really lifted all year. So now I'm having to get back into it. So <laughs> I started doing by doing a hundred kettles, hundred, hundred kettlebell swings oh, a day, just a 35 pound weight. Good place That's, to start. It's, it's good, a good place, good place to, start. to start. Oh, yeah. That just, I'm not going to lie. That sounds like a lot of cardio. <laughs> <laughs> That's, as soon as it you is. said 100 kettlebell swings, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, it is. I don't, do them all, I don't do them all at once, but I do like 30 and then I take yep. a break and then like do another 30. But you have to start somewhere. But it, I think it's, a, I mean, even for myself, like taking that break, maybe I needed that break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I needed to step away. I needed to just kind of step away and like reassess and, I mean, for me, it's because my life got incredibly busy and, and, you know, of course that's the first thing that you sacrifice is something like that. But now that I'm getting back into the swing of things, literally, um, you know, again, I think it's, you know, that's also loving yourself is giving yourself a break from things, but also having that awareness and being like, okay, I'm ready. It's time to get, it's time to get started again. Well, it's like so. I talk about on here all the time, you got to change your perspective on things. And if yeah. you're constantly in the trenches every single day fighting, you know, doing your whatever it is that you're doing every day. Yeah. Sometimes you do have to take a step back and reevaluate everything. Like, okay, well, I don't need this. I don't need this. Let's right. This is what I need. Continue down that path. Yes. And just kind of break yourself down and pick up the pieces and figure out what doesn't fit. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. But anyways, I think that's a great place to wrap this one up. Yeah. I yeah. really appreciate having you on. This oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's such great, such great honor. So thank yeah. you so much. I would absolutely love to have you on again. and continue. Oh, 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 I can talk about all, all these things, all the, th I mean, we could have gone off on several different tangents. Oh, so yeah. No, I, I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate like to do you both. Uh, yeah. We like to go off topic. It's great. Yeah. Rabbit holes. Yes. But anyways, thanks for listening to this episode of The Legion Lifestyle. If you guys liked today's episode, Miles, what do they do? They go to social media. You can go to Instagram at The Legion Lifestyle Podcast, or you can go message Dean at I am Dean and so can you, or you can message me, Miles Porter, at 
the underscore raging underscore porterhouse. And Kat, where can they find you, your podcast, your businesses? How do they reach out to you to find out how to find their perfect love of their lives? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you can go to my website, which is theheartagency.com. It has all my services and such on there, but you can also find me on social media, Kat Cantrell. So C-A-T-C-A-N-T-R-I-L-L. And then my podcast, which is called Dear Matchmaker. And you can find that all streaming, all streaming apps and such. So yeah. Awesome. Well, if you guys got anything out of this one, it's very important to find the right people in your life. Yes. And yep. don't ignore the red flags. Don't. Or do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't do me. <laughs> uh, anyways, get out there, get some training, become better today than you were yesterday, every single day. Miles, you got anything else? I'm good, man. Kat, what's your final piece of advice for the world? I think uh, just understand, I think everybody needs to understand that they're deserving of love, whether it's the love that you need to start with yourself or with somebody else. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Peace out. All right, my friend. What'd you think? Uh, should I bring more of these? Because there's a lot of them that are out there. And uh, I I don't know. It's just a different and unique way of uh, collaborating with people and bringing different people to your ears that, in a different way. So let me know. Contact me. And if you're not following me on all the socials, come and follow me TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Cat Cantrell. And just as a reminder, this podcast is a labor of love, which is brought to you by theheartagency.com, where we offer matchmaking, dating, coaching, singles events, image consulting, and single women retreats. And um, I believe that the wait list is still there. So go to the website if you're still interested in wanting to have more information about it. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. So just know that I appreciate you so much. I will be back soon. And remember that true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time. Bye.